Hello there and welcome to the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast. This is episode 23. Going to start with a thank you to each and every one of you for the download, whether you hear us through iTunes, Podbean or Stitcher Radio. Thank you very much, we do appreciate your support. A little bit of Mini Minx news this week with an iTunes Australia review. Never had one of them before, so lovely to see it. Sarah Ponsett says, love this podcast. It's upbeat, up-to-date and refreshingly honest. Well, we're good old Yorkshire girls, Akim and myself. We're not going to give you any of that flannel, you know. We're not going to sugarcoat it for you, babes. And Kerry over in the UK, iTunes, says, great Disney-filled podcast. Thank you, ladies. Lovely to hear from you. If anyone else can spare a few minutes to leave us a review, it would be very much appreciated by Kim and myself. Also, spread the news of the podcast via Twitter, tell your friends. It would be really much appreciated. Now, hang on a minute, I've just mentioned her. Kim! Hello, everybody! She's back! I had to really, really bite my tongue then and not interrupt you at any point of that. <laughs> so difficult I know I know yeah <laughs> how are you feeling um I'm fighting fit me fantastic can't keep me down for long nope that's it fantastic stuff so I've got the old Kimster back so at some point we're going to talk about DLP aren't we Kim uh yeah I've kind of rescheduled it now because I, I want to talk about different things I would probably do it after Christmas now yeah, although we might sneak a little bit into today's show and maybe the next one, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll just see. Well, I best say thank you to Becky Mannion for filling in so short notice. I know I've got a pair of big smelly shoes to fill. <laughs> and I hope they didn't smell too much, Becky. Oh, Becky's only so tiny, she's got tiny feet. Oh, well, they'll have been like boxes on her then, won't they? Probably so. And also, a big thank you to the Maxwells for their intriguing and interesting audio bite. Oh, could you? How could you listen to that bit of the podcast without drooling, wanting some food? Yeah, I didn't. I've now had to go out and buy a new iPad. Oh <gasps> no! What's up with your iPad? Well, I drooled on it and it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy man! Only joking. Only kidding. And, uh, well, yeah, so much for missing me. Big, huge announcements with Emma from Daydreaming Disney while I want about. <laughs> She's pulling her leg, listeners. She knew all about it. Well, just a quick reminder, in case you missed out on the last show, if you are over here in the UK, we're getting together with the blog written by Emma Godbold from over at Daydreaming Disney and WDW Radio to do a fan meet in February. It's Saturday, February the 2nd. It's going to be held in the Holiday Inn Hotel in Nottingham and it's probably going to take place at some point in the afternoon. You know, myself and a few others have said, oh, let's stay over, we can have a few drinks in the evening. Nothing too formal. So if you do want to stay over, as I said before, there is a special rate with the Holiday Inn. If you book it yourself through the website, I think it's about £72-£73. If you book it with us, the bed and breakfast, it's 65 So if you fancy staying over, you can do. Or you can just pop down for a few hours. 
there, Kim. You know all the, as much as I do. So let me get this right. It's the Mini Minxes. Yeah. It's Daydreaming Disney. Yeah. And it's the WDW Radio. It is indeed. As in the Lou Mangello WDW Radio. It is. We are hoping, fingers crossed, we may get Mr. Mangello to join us via the box. Mr. Mangello wants to associate with the Mini Minxes. How cool is that? I know. Yeah. We get to put Lou in the box instead of him putting us in the box. I know, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get to find out how tight and cramped it is in that box. He will indeed, he will. As those listeners might have um, come along to the meet last year that Emma organised, last year it was in London, it is fun, it's informal, everyone's just so grateful to have the opportunity to talk to other like-minded people. It's a good laugh and... We've made some really good friends from it, from these Disney meets that we've been to. So I hope you get to join us. If you do want to stay over, drop me an email and I can get you that cheap rate details. And, Kim, we will be telling everyone a little bit more shortly. Oh, will we now? Not today, though. Oh, are you going to tell me? I'll tell you first, then I'll tell everybody else. Oh, very good. Kimster, go on yes. then. Can you remember how to contact the show? I certainly can. You can contact us in many ways. One of them ways would be via email. And our email address is contact at theminiminxes.co.uk or you can give us a tweet. Mine is at miniminxqa and the main one is at theminiminxes. Right, well, I'd just like to mention about Facebook. Yeah, unfortunately up to now we've had a Facebook account of our own under the Minimix name. Well, Facebook has been a little bit funny with us over it and we're going to be moving it over to a likeable page. So we will be sending out invites but have a little search if you haven't already been invited to like us. Please like us, we'll, we'll get all self-conscious if you don't like us. Um, so can you please keep a, a look out for the Mini Minx Disney podcast where you might see our new artwork. Ooh. I've been a busy girl. I know, I've only been gone a week or so. <laughs> okay, well, as you can probably tell, the show's been released on December the 10th. The girls are celebrating something special, Kim. Well, it was my birthday last month, so it can't be that. Well, what time of the year is it? A blooming cold time of year. Apart from cold. Uh, a magical time of year. It is a magical time of year, but we Mini Minxes have decided to, to kidnap this celebration and call it Minxmas! Minxmas. Yeah. Not mass, not mix mass, because that makes it sound weird and religious. Yeah, and Christmas isn't anything to do with religion, really, is it? <laughs> not at all, not in the slightest. That's a different podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, without further ado, we are going to be joined by the delightful Karen in about five seconds as he tells us a little bit of information about Disney at Christmas. Over to you, Karen. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have some details of Christmas at the parks for you. Epcot American Gardens Theatre holds the candlelight position on a range of nights, the 23rd of November to the, tw- the 30th of December. The experience is narrated by a range of actors from Gina Davis, 
Neil Patrick Harris, to my personal favourite, Captain Dan himself, Gany Sinise. What is it? Well, the celebs tell the story of Christmas with a live orchestra. Tissues may be needed. Queues are long and you may end up joining a queue but not get seated. Disney, never one to miss an opportunity to take those dollars from you, has provided a range of lunch and dinner packages to feed and seat you. Alright, go early and prepare to queue. Right, Kim, what are we talking about on the podcast? Oh, I did wonder when we were going to get to this point where you were going to actually tell everybody what was on this week's podcast. <laughs> but I thought, you know, she, she's, tech, she's tech in charge, she knows what she's doing. Well, the title should give it away. The lovely piece of information Karen's just given us about the candlelight processional over at Epcot should help. By the way, listeners, he did try his best, bless him. I think we recorded the word processional about 57 times before he could get it right. Yeah. I just left it on the process. Bless him, the poor love. Kieran's awesome. He is. He rocks. Bye. He rocks. Anyway, so what we're we talking about, love? We are talking about Christmas in the park. Du, 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 du. Have you ever been to the park at Christmas, Kim? I haven't done Florida at Christmas, that is scheduled for next year, but I have been to Disneyland Paris at Christmas time-ish. Ish. Well, it was November. Well, it's good enough for me. It's near. What we're going to, I think, start with is talking about Magic Kingdom. So, the Magic Kingdom holds Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. What do you think to that for a title, Kim? Does it mean that Mickey's drunk? Is it Mickey's drunken Christmas party? Oh, do you think he's been over to be our guest and had a few uh, drinky poos? He possibly could have done. But it's just that when anyone says to me that they're very merry, it's like, well, they've had a few too many to drink. Oh, what do you think Mickey Mouse drinks? I would say he's quite partial to a bit of wine and cheese. <gasps> wine and cheese. It could just be, though, my darling, that it means merry as in happy. So then why not just call it Mickey's Very Happy Christmas Party? Because happy's a bit of a duff word. Oh, call it Mickey's Ecstatic Christmas Party then. <gasps> Tell you what, I've got a better word than that. Oh then. Are you ready? Hold on to your seats here now, because this is a good one. Mickey's Very Ebullient Christmas Party. I haven't the foggiest idea what that means. <laughs> Ebullient is a posh word for happy. Are you taking the cheese out of me now? No, honest, honestly, it is a word. Look it up in your old dictionary. I just think me and 95% of our listeners won't know what that big, long word meant. Mickey's Very Ebullient Christmas Party is a separate ticket event. Well, when they say separate ticket, it's not really a ticket, it's a wristband. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, and it starts from 7 and runs till 12. But Kim, I gather you've got a bit of a top tip for our listeners on this one. I have, yeah. You can actually start entering the park with your ticket from about four o'clock. This isn't something that Disney shout about, but there is a very good reason as to why they do this at their ticketed events. Do you know what that reason is, Michelle? Because they're dead nice and they love people. Mm, no. Um, because people who smile at the cast members get let in early? No. Oh, go on then, I give in. Well, the reason that they do this is because if you could imagine if at seven o'clock you had all your party goers trying to get in one turnstile and everybody exiting who aren't a party goer with the other turnstile, you'd end up with a bit of chaos. 
So what they like is they like to start drip feeding the party goers in the park from about four o'clock. And then obviously it makes it easier for people to leave at seven o'clock. They're not daft them, they're Disney people, are they? Certainly not, no. And if you're in the park, if you decide to spend the whole day at Magic Kingdom and you are going to the party, you can actually go to wristband stations throughout Magic Kingdom to exchange your ticket for a wristband so you don't even have to leave and go back in again. Oh, that's dead good. Top top tip there from, from yours truly. Well, my tip now is about the price. Yes, listeners, it's not free. No. Ticket prices for people 10 years of age or above are $58.95 plus tax if you buy it in advance. If you're under 10 but over 3, it's $53.95, so you get $5 saving. I know. Now, you can buy tickets on the night. It's an extra ten dollars. Mm-hmm. That's something to bear in mind. And obviously, the prices that we've just given out are sort of approximately because the days that they on sort of differ. It's cheaper at the start than it is towards the end, and I think there's even the last night's the most expensive. It is indeed, yes, as you were saying, Kim. It finishes on the twenty-first of December. It's an extremely popular event and they do charge an extra $10 for that night. And it starts all the way back in November on the 9th of November. And usually the first and last night sell out. Yeah, so just make sure you do buy in advance if you're wanting to go. It is, and also just sort of bear in mind that if you buy the earlier ticket, the Christmas tree won't actually be in place until after they recorded the Christmas parade, which happens round about the end of November because I think it's just sort of happened these last this last week. Yeah, I think it was Friday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Friday the 30th of November? I think it was, yeah. So it's just worth that bearing in mind if the Christmas tree is really, really important to you, then you might want to wait till after they've done that. Top tip there, Kimster. Where can people get the tickets from then? Well, obviously you can get them online and buy them in advance or if you find yourself there on the day and you've got no ticket, There's a couple of options for you. You can get them in person at the Ticket and Transportation Centre or you can get them at Guest Relations. If you are a really, really lazy dog and you still haven't got your ticket on the day that you want to go to the Christmas party, you can, if there's any left, actually buy them on the day. So, But it's a bit of a risky manoeuvre because certain days are popular and they do sell out really fast. Now, in a moment, we are going to talk through about some of the special events that take place to warrant this $58.95 cost but if you go in there just purely to ride rides beware you cannot go on every single ride because some of the rides are not going to be open so if you fancy an evening's cruise on that there jungle cruise Kimster will people be happy to go on it no because it's not open during very merry Christmas pie yeah so do check Disney's website to see what attractions are open we're not going to go through them we're going to leave it to you to do a little bit of self research and as well as your uh, attractions not being all open not every eatery is open as well so do check those web websites to find out where you can get your food and drink from so then yes Kimster what we're going to talk about now Michelle Santa. Are we? Yeah. The big SC. Big SC? Yeah. Smelly. Smelly um, cat. Smelly cat. Smelly, smelly cat. cat. It's 
not your fault. Yeah. We're going to talk about Smelly Cat. No. Oh. Sorry there, Kim. It's the big SC. Who's the main man at Christmas? Oh, you mean Father Christmas? Yes, Father Christmas. Us Brits will call him Father Christmas. But it is now becoming popular with the youngsters to call him Santa Claus. Yeah. So when can he, can he be found at Disney World? He certainly can at these special Christmas events. He can be found next to City Hall at the Candy Cane Garden. Oh, wow. I must admit, when I went at Easter, I had my picture taken there with Mr and Mrs Easter Bunny and it was a fabulous picture. Really special keepsake. So there'll be a bit of a queue for that one. Best tip is, he's probably not good their first thing. Mm-hmm. Because as everyone's coming in, they'll go, oh, there's Santa, let's go see Santa. So maybe a bit later, but that's just an idea. Well, I know at DLP, because I've just recently come back from DLP, I don't know if I've mentioned it or not. Um, times. They actually had Santa there. It he, he wasn't a special ticketed event. He was there sort of all the time. Um, he had his own little chalet along with certain other individuals. And the queue, yeah, were pretty big. I would say the biggest queue I'd saw all weekend. Apart from meeting Santa, there are two character dance parties. Over at the Diamond Horseshoe in Liberty Square, this country-style yee-haw fun with Woody, Jesse and the gang. Now, if you like your fun a little bit more futuristic, Tomorrowland has a DJ. There is the Totally Tomorrowland Christmas Show. Which, Kim, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Guess who is on that Tomorrowland stage? Oh, it's our stitch. It is indeed, and this party takes place quite a few times through the evening. And I'm sure, Kim, you'll be there with your deck chair, all ready, <laughs> with your turkey leg to stay and adore and worship stitch all night, won't you, love? Oh, I will. He, he, he's joined by Buzz Lightyear and Mike Kowalski, or however you pronounce that surname as well. The Green Rubber Ball from Monsters, Inc. Yeah, the Green Rubber Ball from Monsters, Inc. And there's also another character dance party in Cosmic Rays, I believe, with, I'm going to say Pluto, but I'm not 100% certain. There is, you're right. But I could be wrong, it might not be Pluto. A geezer. It's someone in there dancing. <laughs> Poor old Cosmic Ray is lifted up into the ceiling. He certainly is. Now, what else is going on there, Kim, then? Well, apart from the dance parties and a, tomorrow, a totally tomorrow Christmas show, there is a Celebrate the Season. Now, what this is, is a dancing and singing production in front of the castle. Oh, I love them shows at the front of the castle. They are nice. Very very atmospheric. True. That sounds like a good one to make sure you get there nice and early so that you can get to see it. Definitely. Rather than at the back where you can't see diddly bit. Well, you could be at the front and there, or you could be second row and then the person in front of you puts the kids on the shoulders and you still won't be able to see them. <gasps> or their iPad. Oh, their iPads. Oh. oh, my God, how annoying. Let's ban the iPads. Unless it's mine. How was it that happened? And again, DLP. That happened at DLP so many times. It was so frustrating. These people just went crazy with these iPads. <laughs> when you're trying to watch something, then you get this, you're having to watch it through the iPad. <laughs> you might as well be sat at home on YouTube. 
no. I might as well stay at home. Save myself a couple of grand. Oh, dear. So, apart from celebrate the season, you have Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade. Now, you get this twice during the evening. We're going to say go for the second showing because the first one does tend to get busy and then people do tend to drift off after the fireworks and don't stay for the second one so that could be a top tip and then after the parade there is a special celebration presentation of holiday wishes of firework delight yeah we all like a little bit of fireworks don't we kimster we certainly do now what about me and i going about the park and wanting to uh, splash the cash and ring up a massive bill on my Amex. What should I do? Well, there is more Christmas merchandise than ever while this party is going on. Not that they bring out special merchandise, but at Christmas time, I think a lot of the shops, a lot of the shops increase their Christmas inventory, so I think there'll be plenty for you to splash the cash on fantastic i do like doing that but do you know what the best bit for me would be now obviously we're british we get snow we know snow don't we kim we certainly do like the back of our hands yeah unfortunately in yorkshire it does snow a lot and we hate the damn stuff yes but 80 degrees in florida sunshine and pretend snow falling down just makes it magical well to be fair it again Sorry, name checking, DLP. It snowed a few times on Main Street there as well and it was freezing cold, but for some reason, fake snow's just a lot more magical than real snow. It is indeed. It doesn't tend to muck up your glasses for a start. No. Is there anything uh, else that we can recommend? Well, one thing that most people absolutely adore and will try and get their money's worth is, is they actually, at certain stations throughout the park, offer free cookies and hot chocolate Ooh. well i say it's free i mean you have paid 60 dollars to attend this party <laughs> but you can still have as much as you want without any further charges can i take a tupperware in a flask i don't see why not yeah and if you're not a fan of um cookies i believe they do have apple slices how health conscious of them and I think you can also, if you've got um, gluten allergies, you can get gluten-free cookies. They do cater for the special diets well at Disney. And I think they can get some sort of special hot chocolate as well if you're lactose intolerant, but I aren't 100% certain. Does it come with whipped cream and marshmallows and a flake in it? It comes with marshmallows, but I don't think you get cream. Gee. They definitely don't get a flake, but I, I, I have seen and read that it comes with marshmallows. Oh, well, never mind. Now, for me personally, the big draw, apart from obviously the parade and the fireworks, I kind of forget the cookies and chocolate malarkey and filling up a Tupperware, is to get to meet some of the rarer characters because they they seem to have a, a wide range of characters available and they're wearing their seasonal Christmas clothing. Now, I do believe we have been sent some hints and tips from some of our listeners. Our listeners are very kind always with their views and opinions. What have they got to say, Kim? Well, the first bit of information comes from a friend of the show, Jane Phipps, and she urges you to visit the parties early December. 
low crowds, but all the magic of Disney and Christmas. Oh, anything else? Also, Fran Cassano, sorry if I've said that wrong, Fran, um, and they tweeted about Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party saying it was one of the best things that they have ever done at Disney and their personal tip is to actually go a bit later if you pre-order the tickets as they breeze through the gate um, they stake out the parade and fireworks spot and stay put for the performances and they, then they got the complimentary treats and then they do the rides if there's time there's an, they are an annual pass holder so riding the rides isn't the biggest deal for them during the time and they also want to note that they sell special merchandise and treats during the party um, and she, they actually waited to browse those towards the end Oh, that sounds uh, very, very good advice. And if you do play Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, I do happen to know that there is a special, unique card for Mickey's very ebullient Christmas party where you can go check it out, get a new card, and it is exclusive to the event. I also believe, though, we had some comments from a certain Mr. Brigante. Yep, I uh, got in touch with Ricky from over at Inside the Magic and asked him, because he's been quite vocal in the past about his not so much dislike, but a little bit of a a grumbling with Disney because he would like to see um, them doing something more with Christmas Party. And basically he said he'd like to see more decorations, not just on Main Street, but everywhere else. He's not a big fan of the big dance parties. He'd prefer to see smaller areas with different types of live entertainment, whether it be musical or comedy or retelling of stories, etc. And also, not a big fan of the parade is our Ricky there, Kim, you know. He said he thinks it needs a little bit of rethinking that doesn't go on and on and on forever. What would you like to see happen at a Christmas party that we haven't already discussed. Any ideas? It'd be nice if under that tree that there was a present for me. Oh, that sounds good. Now, obviously this would cost Disney a lot of money, but it would be nice to, if they could somehow, now they've got all this IDFDPZQ <laughs> technology, know that I'm attending the party and therefore have a present for me with my name on under the tree but then I suppose what's stopping anyone taking my present from the tree maybe maybe it had to be under lock and key but then that kind of takes away from the whole magical Christmas present under the tree maybe so love I don't know I, I sort of think that there should be some sort of gift that you get yeah um you know even if it's a pin badge just saying mickey's very merry christmas party 2012 and a picture of mickey and the fab five on the front you know yeah that to me you know how much would it cost them to make not a great deal but people who like little mementos like that is something that they can take with them Mm. you know that's something i'd like to personally see and yeah maybe what Ricky says I'm not a big dance party person I wouldn't want to go to the Magic Kingdom and start dancing I know I sound dead miserable don't I well no but in all honesty the dance parties aren't really aimed at grown ups however the dance parties are aimed at little kids now I have attended a dance party it was at the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party and I actually had 
the fortunate look to actually dance with Stitch. I think from memory we did that, oh, what do you call it when it's two steps to the left? Cha-cha slide. That's it, cha-cha slide. I had the, you know, the look to do the cha-cha slide with Stitch. Now, if that had been any other character, I wouldn't have been interested. And I only bobbed my head in to have a nosy. And I was the only adult on the dance floor. Again, the parties are aimed for adults. So maybe what you could do is rather than get rid of the dance parties, is have some sort of entertainment more geared up for adults. I don't know what you could do. I haven't got any ideas off the top of my head but just something that would be just for adults. Another thing I would like, and this is this is probably not done because of the candlelight processional, is have someone sort of telling a Christmas story at the bottom of the tree. That does sound nice. You know, where everyone can sort of sit around the tree and be told, us, you know, not the story of Christmas, but just a Christmas story. Even if it's that... Um, Really old-fashioned one. What? What is it where no one was stirring, not even a mouth? You know which one I mean? Oh, do you mean the... Um, oh, gosh, what's it called? It's called Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, it goes something along the lines of Twas the Night Before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And it's, it's a lovely, beautiful rhyming poem. Um, oh gosh, Clement, Clement, I always remember his first name because it reminds me of oranges. Clement Moore, yeah, that sounds a lovely one, it's a lovely poem. Good idea there, Kim, still like that one. Oh, the retelling of Scrooge, oh my god, let's do the retelling of Scrooge or Scrooge McDuck. Let's react the Christmas Carol. <gasps> a live performance of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, not the Muppets Christmas Carol. I like the Muppets Christmas Carol, but I prefer Mickey's version of Christmas Carol better with Scrooge McDuck. Well, we'll leave it to you listeners to see what you'd like to see happen for 2013 in Mickey's very ebullient Christmas party. And... Stop using that word. Disney are going to change it for next year, I tell you, Kim. They're really not. Yeah. No. Everybody's going to be using the word ebullient from now on. It's my word. No, oh, go on then. Tell you what, seems you're talking about retelling stories. Shall we have uh, a Disney Christmas fact about the Disney Christmas storytellers over at Epcot? Let's pop our Kieran on. This is Kieran, and I have some details of Christmas at the parks for you. Holiday storytellers perform daily from the 23rd of November to the 30th of December. They retell and share seasonal stories from their culture, being detained by the tales of Francis, Père Noël, Santa Claus, and traditions such as Guanza, Hanukkah, and Duama are explained. Great chance to learn whilst being entertained. It's a fabulous way to, to spend a day and a, a daily schedule is produced to help you plan where and when to see these storytellers. What's great about this? It's free! Right, well, I don't know if you remember from our last show, Kim, that there Becky tried to sneak in your cornbread question while you were away, you know. Ah, uh, she's a girl after my own heart, is that one? Yeah, I sorted it out though. I told her I ain't gonna answer anything about cornbread. You were too mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Why can't you answer me, cornbread question? That is just so mean. I know. I'll get there eventually. I've got till next November. I've got plenty of time. I'm just not your friend. Oh, go on. No. Hey. Oh. I did buy a turkey leg. No, you bought you know. You didn't buy me a turkey leg. You bought me a. You very kindly <laughs> bought me a turkey leg air freshener. It's not exactly a turkey leg, now was it? I know, but it stinks. It does sting. I rested my hat on top of it, and unfortunately, then my hat. <laughs> decided to smell like a turkey leg for about three days. Oh, my friends Tim and Carrie brought it back from Florida for me and they to wrap it up in two plastic bags because it stunk all the luggage out. No, it's supposed to be my Christmas present, listeners, but she couldn't stand the smell anymore, so I've got it early. <laughs> Seriously, my study stinks. It still stinks turkey leg. Give over it, don't. It does. Anyway. Have I got a question that isn't about turkey legs or cornbread? Yes, you have. And this is a question all the way from Australia. And the question is, I wanted to go on my first trip to Walt Disney World next year. We had one planned for my honeymoon three months ago, but unfortunately had to cancel it. Oh, bad faith. Nothing worse than wanting to do Disney and then it not coming off. Yeah, but we're three months off. That's terrible. Her husband couldn't get the time off work. So, she's making it a solo trip. Her question is, what would your advice be for an international guest travelling from Adelaide, Australia on their first trip to Walt Disney World? Should I get a dining plan? I need help. Thanks in advance. Sarah from Australia. Okay, well, us in the UK, we're always moaning about how much it costs, how long the flight is to get ourselves over to Florida but oh boy oh boy <gasps> so basically I thought well I'll have a look at how long it would take our friends in Australia to get to Orlando over 24 hours oh my heavens I couldn't believe it well, I don't understand how you couldn't believe it when it takes us over 24 hours to get to Australia and we're nearer to them than America is <laughs> I know it, it, it just sort of jolted me a little bit um, so when I was investigating the flight plan, it actually sort of, most flights go to either LAX or San Francisco, and then you have to change to fly over to Orlando. So my initial thought was, hang on a minute, you're actually in LAX or San Francisco, you've got to do a couple of nights stopover to recover over the flight, but also make a trip to Disneyland or if you're in San Francisco, the Disney Family Museum, it's just got to be done. I'm sorry, but if I was in Los Angeles Airport for a two-hour stopover, I'd be saying, Anaheim's 30 minutes away. Ooh, place where it all started. So you could do that and then have a couple of days there and then maybe get an internal flight. The internal flights are just silly money. They're just so cheap. You know, you're looking at about 60 to £100 pounds to get yourself over to Orlando so that would be my first piece of advice really there Kim on that one very good very good advice for someone who's in Australia we covered Disneyland a couple of weeks ago so if you think it's an option we did talk about um, Disneyland hotels so Sarah I do suggest that you listen back to that one but on to Disney, Walt Disney World so where to stay there well personally I would feel 
that if you're going to be travelling alone, I would recommend highly staying on a Disney property. What do you think, Kim? Completely agree, but also think that there is some off-site ideas, but we won't go there. <laughs> just to confuse you. I just personally think if you're just purely going for Disney, that to hire a car, I don't know how confident you are with driving, etc. Going in a Disney hotel, one, you're going a long way from Australia. I don't know how often you're going to be able to do it. Staying in a Disney hotel is like the cherry on top of the cake. It really is so amazing. Like at the moment, Art of Animation Resort is just wow. You know, get yourself in the Little Mermaid room and pretend to be Ariel. It's just got to be done. So I would say because of the transport links, you have Magical Express to get you from the airport and then the excellent bus transportation and water ferries will provide you with transportation from park to park to hotel to hotel. So you can still get around the Disney complex and see different hotels, etc. Um, You mentioned about the dining plan. Well, again, I've detailed before about the Disney dining plan dilemma and I suppose myself and Emma last week talked about it on the last podcast as well. Personally what I would say is if it's free fine I wouldn't pay for it because really if you're paying for it you're not really saving but if it does come part of your accommodation costs then yeah okay fine especially if you're a first time visitor it does tie you down a lot does the dining plan and if it's your first visit you won't know your ways around as well as someone who's been a few times so it makes your trip very rigid where you've got to be somewhere at a set time whereas if you're just relying more on counter service and walk-ups you're able to flow with the go really a little bit more what do you think Kim? No I agree with you. She agrees with me wow must be doing good. Um, What I would say is get active on forums gather information you know there are a lot of fabulous disney podcasts out there i suggest you listen to them some you might like some you might not give them a try you can always delete them afterwards ask friends we had cara richards on the show a few weeks back and cara travels alone quite frequently and i'm sure she won't mind you dropping her a tweet at miss bounce she'll be happy to have a little chat with you there's also some really good apps for the iphone um there's disney's and can't sing enough praises about touring plans and these will help you gather information together so you can plan i'll send you a fuller answer via email as well but that's just a quick recap on what i think so anything you'd like to add there miss goodwin no, I think you've covered it all, Miss Tate Young, Mrs. Even. <laughs> so, here's Kieran with a Disney Hollywood Studios fact for you about Christmas. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have some details of Christmas at the parks for you. Osborne Family Spectacle of the Dancing Lights is held at Disney's Hollywood Studios from the 9th of November to January the 6th. Now when I first heard about this I thought why have Sharon and Ozzy got a light show at Disney? 
but I was wrong. Did you know back in 1986, businessman Jennings Osborne decided to delight his daughter by decorating their home with a thousand twinkling lights as a Christmas gift? Over subsequent years, the lights grew to a staggering three million and were cited as a neighbourhood nuisance. So in 1995, the family's light show came to Disney. Currently, there are five million lights, 66 snow machines and a range of Christmas songs to set those lights a-twinkling. What do you think? Okay, hope you enjoyed that. Did you learn anything, Kim? I learnt that Kieran is the best Disney fact listener, reader, person ever. Oh, bless him. Do you know what? He's going to start his own podcast soon about Doctor Who. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about what we like to do if we're not in Walt Disney World during December to cheer us up. What could that be, Kim? Well, to me, I do this all year round, so you saying that you only do it in December is, is baffles me. Well, there's only certain movies I watch at certain times of the year. I think it's a bit bizarre watching a Christmas movie in March. Well, it could be, but I think Disney films, no matter the topic, are suitable for all times of year. Well, while you were recovering from your DLP lag, what I did was I tweeted our listeners and said, look guys, I'm going to prepare the top five on Disney movies for Christmas. Please, 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 can you tell us what your top one would be? And I compiled the results and we have a top five for you. So, Kim, number five. Am I reading number five? You can read number five. Yeah. Is this because you haven't seen it up until the point that you actually went out and bought it yesterday or the day before? <laughs> I still haven't seen it. It's, it's in cellophane still. Hands head in shame. At number five, then, in this countdown, is Prep and Landing. And what's that about, then, Kim? Prep and Landing is a short animated short about Prep and Landing, who are two elves, really, that work for Santa. Is this kind of new, then? Because I, I, I hadn't heard of it until people started tweeting it to me. Well, the first one was about 2009, and they're only about 30 minutes All right. each. And when I say 30 minutes each, it's because there's also been a sequel, and I'm not even sure that if they're in a third one. I can't remember. But basically, it's just half an hour. The first one were about, from what I can remember, Wayne, I think you were called, getting the promotion he dreamed of. But the person that actually um, trained Wayne were a bit jealous. All right. Would you recommend it? Did you think it was a good film? Oh, yeah, it was definitely a good film. It had all sorts of little easter eggs to other disney films like mickey's christmas carol and such so easter eggs at christmas they call them easter eggs don't they like little little nods little yeah acknowledgements homage homages oh well so that was in at number five And now, in at number four, is another film I've not yet seen. (laughs) Oh, my word. This is Nightmare Before Christmas. How have you not seen Nightmare Before Christmas? I don't know. This is when Tim Burton was good. Yeah. 
1993 American stop-motion musical fantasy horror film. Now, I did actually, I actually have bought this. It is, it is on the pile, nearly five foot high of DVDs I'm waiting to watch. And reading the blurb, it says it's about half Halloween, half Christmas. Came about through a poem that Tim Burton wrote when he actually worked as an animator over at Disney and he eventually got it brought to life and the main characters are Jack Skeleton mm-hmm. and Sally. Basically, if I remember the blurb correctly, it tells the story of Jack changing Halloween Town into celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is that basically it? Um, it is, in a, in a nutshell, but to do this, he actually has to steal Christmas from Christmas Town. <gasps> and he actually kidnaps Santa. No way! And he then becomes Santa himself. But he's a skeleton? Exactly. So it does look a bit weird. Santa's meant to be fat and cheery. Yeah, again, it does look a bit weird. It is a really good film. I mean, I, you know... There's a lot of music, there's a lot of singing in it. It's a good film and it is a Christmas film, but it wouldn't be one that I would personally switch on Christmas Eve. Okay, alright then. So that's number four. What do we have at number three? Well, this number three would be my number one. This would be what I would put on Christmas Eve just before I'd go to bed to put me in the mood. This is Mickey's Christmas Carol, which was out in 1983 and is an animation of the classic story of Charles Dickens. Can I just say, right, if you want this DVD at the moment, it's in Sainsbury's for three quid because I saw it the other day. So, top tip. I've seen that. Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of my favourites. I love, I love the classic story of Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I absolutely adore it. I really, really do. So, I have seen it. We do watch it over the Christmas period. It is a classic. Why do I feel like there's a book coming on? No book. No book. No book. I just think they've got the cat. What are you laughing for? Because you've done the book. Ah. No, no, but it would. This is a positive. This is a positive thing I was going to say. All right. I think in this film they have just picked the correct Disney characters to play the absolute correct parts. True. True, because you have got Scrooge McDuck as Ebenezer, and you know it does fit. And you know Mickey, Mickey is Bob Cratchit, and. Oh, sorry, I just thought it was really funny. It's Donald Duck. He fits the bill. Oh, my <laughs> word. Shut up, Shell. Yeah, shut up, Shell. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit and you've got the giant playing the ghost of Christmas past, I think. I'm not sure, I can't remember. And then they've got Pete at the end playing... The ghost of Christmas future, smoking his big cigar. I mean, why Disney felt the need to bring out another version of Christmas Carol with blooming Jim Carrey animated in it is beyond me. They should have just re-released this one again in 3D. I like Jim Carrey, I just don't like that film. It's not in our top five anyway, so I won't mind. 
But yes, that is, to me, the ultimate Disney Christmas film. So, that was number three. Well, number two, Kim, mm-hmm. we have, all bundled into three, the Santa Claus. Why? Why is this even in the top five? I don't know. It's what our listeners said was important. They all like the goofiness of Tim Allen playing Scott Calvin. Oh, the first one was just bearable. The second one was dire. And the third one should have just been stopped before it had even been written. <laughs> well, I'm, so- I'm, I'm sorry, but it is a bit slapstick, you know. Oh, Santa falls off the roof. Come on now. Have you ever watched Casualty? If someone falls off the roof, you see their decrepit, blood-splattered corpse at the bottom. But does Tim Allen find Santa's corpse? No. no. He's missing. And then Santa's got to go find his new woman. So Tim Allen takes over the role of Santa. And he gets married. Third film. Mr. and Mrs. Claus are going to have babies. And then Jack Frost comes along, sulking, because he doesn't have a special day. Yeah. You can you can tell Michelle's very passionate about this film. I, I really don't like these films. Like I said, the first one is alright. The first one I can stomach. The second one and the third one just... I, I just don't know what Disney... Well, I know what Disney were thinking. They were thinking ding, 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 ding at the box office. But... Yeah. No... I wouldn't watch the second and third one anyway. I possibly would watch the first one, but not the second and third one. And I'm so shocked that that's so high up the list. Our listeners liked it. Yeah, I might be not speaking to some of our listeners. I'll send you the Twitter names. You can Twitter bomb them if you ever go on Twitter. I think I will. If I work out how to ever use Twitter. I'm determined to get you back on that there Twitter, Kim. Don't you worry about it, love. Anyway... That was number two. Wondering now, what is number one in our listeners' top five Christmas movies for Disney? Tis a season to be jolly and joyous. With a burst of pleasure we feel it arrive. It's a season when the saints can employ us to spread the news about peace and to keep love alive. Anyway, number one is Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, that were obvious, wasn't it? The Muppets Mayhem style catchy tunes in jokes, win, win, win. It is an extremely good film. It's not my number one. It'd probably be my number two, possibly number three. It was a it was a big big gamble though I gather at the time because it was the first film produced Muppet film after Jim Henson mm-hmm. sadly passed away, and it was a, a massive it must have been such a massive undertaking and a big risk. But for me, it is my number one. I love it to pieces. I think Michael Caine takes on an amazing role. He's so wonderful. I love his accent. You were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. 
You don't say that in that film. I know it's not that film, but that's how I love him. Anyway, um, and Gonzo, aided by Rizzo the Rat. I just love it. And, you know, Piggy and Kermit, they're living together in marital bliss. How much more fantastic can you get? I won't call it marital bliss. Okay, the little lad dies. <laughs> oh, sorry, have I just spoiled that? <laughs> Not in the happy ending, listeners, it's okay. So, go on then, Kim, let's have your your favourites. And I'm going to be nice here, and I'll tell you why later. You don't have to keep it exclusively Disney. Oh, well, you didn't, you didn't let me prepared for that, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, you can keep it strictly Disney then. Well, I'm not going to say a top five. I'm just going to say a couple that I'm shocked that haven't been in it and maybe it's because I'm just a geek but you know Go well, on then. Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas why on earth is that not in the top oh. five? Oh I know I was listening to the music from that today I mean alright I know it were a dodgy straight to DVD sequel but it is a good dodgy straight to DVD sequel it's one of the better ones and you know the basic outline of the story is from what I can remember because I haven't seen it since last year is Chip wants to know I think why Christmas is forbidden at the castle so then it all goes into flashback mode and you find out why Christmas is forbidden at the castle I want to watch that one as well now so that's a good one I also think the Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas DVDs are fab they didn't come up either. No, I know. I, f- I think a couple of people mentioned it, but it wasn't the most popular. I'm, I'm shocked. The first one, and again, this is all from memory, is, I believe is three Disney magical stories. Hmm. Um, the first one is a really, really cute story about Huey, Dewey and Louie wishing it was Christmas every day. Oh, I love Huey, Dewey and Louie. And then they find out that Christmas every day isn't as good as what they thought it was going to be. Then in the second one, Goofy's got to convince Max that there is a Santa. And then in the last one, it's all about Minnie and Mickey wanting to buy each other a present for Christmas, but they can't afford it. And it's all about selfless giving. That's what it's about, selfless giving. So that's the first one. And then the second one, I haven't seen as much as the first one, but I remember it's all in this 3GD CGI technology. Well, you know what I mean? It's not 3D. The character, you don't have to wear 3D glasses, but they're all like three dimensional on the screen. Okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do, love. A bit Tron like. Not Tron like. What am I on about? Tron. Not Tron. I know what I mean. Okay, Kim knows what she means. That's the important thing. Yeah. So if you want to know what Kim knows, tweet her. And she won't answer it because she doesn't go on Twitter. No. But also, right, where's me Santa buddies? <gasps> Santa paws. No, no, we're not even on about Santa paws. I've not even got to Santa paws yet. <laughs> Santa buddies. <laughs> this is the one with the little cute dogs on, isn't it? The five of them. I mean, I love the buddy films. Air buddies. Snow Buddies, Santa Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Space Buddies, 
I'm sure I'm missing another one. I love them films. They're just so corny. It's good. Oh, not seen them. Spooky Buddies. Not seen Spooky Buddies either. Ah, oh, you've got to watch them. They're well good. Wasn't the one called Cotton Wool Buddies? No, you're just taking the Mickey out of me. <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> but yeah, and then as you've mentioned, there's Santa Paws. Yeah. Which is a good film. Which is a spin-off from Santa Buddies. And... Has it got doggies in? Yeah, it's got doggies in, can you tell? Yeah. And then, right, this year, Santa Paws 2, The Santa Pups. I've not even seen that film yet, but I know I want to watch it. So basically, if you put a dog in it, you watch it. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> I mean, have you seen? This is like completely un-Disney related. The Snowman is getting a sequel this year. Is it going to have a dog in it? It's called The Snowman and Snow Dog. Oh god. And it's like, they better not kill that dog off. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be writing a letter of the to Channel 4. It's going to be the snowman meets Marley and me. It better not be like that. Is that it for your Christmas movies then? Anything with a dog in and a bit of snow? Well, no. Do you know what else I really, really like at Christmas in, in, in Disney is the Yogi Bear Christmas special? Stop laughing, it's true. Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear Christmas special. Is he stealing picnic baskets with turkey in? Something like that. <laughs> I love Yogi Bear. Oh dear. Have you finished then? Well, I could go on because you said I didn't have to limit it to Disney, but I'll stop because we'll be here all night. Okay. Um, right, what do I like to watch at Christmas? Well, obviously my number one is Muppets Christmas Carol. I can't comment on the ones I haven't seen, unfortunately, so I suppose... Which is all of them. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also love the Polar Express. I will sit and watch that Christmas Eve. I love that film. I love Mickey's Christmas Carol. I love It's a Wonderful Life. It may be an old film. It may be black and white, but I'm sorry, I love that film and I always, always watch it at Christmas. And curiously enough, me and the kids, right, we're going with Jeremy Clarkson on our favourite Christmas film. Go on then. The Great Escape. Oh, give up. Seriously, Christmas Day afternoon, we love The Great Escape. Why? (laughs) Well, it's... It used to always be on the telly when I was growing up and it always reminded me of feeling quite full on Christmas Day after my big feast that my mum had sort of microwaved for us and falling asleep on the sofa and waking up and the great escape's on, yay! So we started watching it with the kids and the kids love it as well. So, yeah, that's my Christmas favourite movie. Which isn't Disney and it isn't a Christmas movie! So you're filling both objectives in there, aren't you? Yay! <laughs> um, if you'd like to share your favourites, again, and we've not mentioned them, um, drop us a tweet. But thank you ever so much for everybody who went to the trouble of tweeting and letting me know. Don't thank them. They came up with a fan! 
established. It's just because you don't agree with them because there's not enough dogs and snow in it. I like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's not got a lot of dogs in. It's got a lot of snow in it. Oh, we've not mentioned the other favourite one. What? What's that? Home Alone. Oh, how can you not mention Home Alone? Kevin! I love that film. I don't like the third one, but I like the first two. No, I just like the first one. Again, it's another one of them films where they could have just stopped at the first one. The second one's quite good. No, it really isn't. And it has Tim Curry in, and I like Tim Curry. Speaking of curry, can we get this rushed along? I ain't having tea yet. (laughs) Okay, so, next show, came. Yes. When's it out? Next show, Michelle, is out on Christmas Eve. Can we open on air a present? Can we, can we, can we, can we, can we, can we? Oh, yeah, but you've already given me my present. And you've already given me some tea towels, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'll just open one at Kids' Presents and pretend it's for me. I don't know, unless we do a little secret Santa for each other, £5 a piece, and we'll try and exchange it before the next show. Aww, thanks, Mum. Uh, I know I'm personally looking forward to speaking to a listener of ours called Nicola, who is at P19LETUK on Twitter. She's currently over in our happy place and she will be enjoying a cruise on the Disney Dream, eating at the Be Our Guest restaurant, going to Mickey's very ebullient Christmas party, not once, but twice. And she's going over to Gaylord's Palm to see the Ice Festival. So, you know, can't wait to hear from you, Nicola. Get in touch as soon as you're back because Kim and I want to know all about that cruise. Certainly do. And just a quick reminder at the end of the show, ways to contact us. As Kim said them earlier, I'll remind you at the end. It's at the Miniminxes on Twitter. Or Kim is Minimix Kimmy. And I'm Shell Purple, C H E W L E Purple. You can email us at contact at the miniminxes.co.uk. If you send us a Minimix question for me to answer and it gets answered on air, there's going to be a Minimix goodie coming to you. I know. Anything else you'd like to add, my darling? Just that Christmas Eve episode will have no strings, and that's all I'm going to say. <gasps> Won't we? No. Oh, can, we, can, can, can we sort of say goodbye then now? Have we done everything? Yeah. I think I think we've done everything, yeah. <gasps> can, we, can we wish everybody a Merry Minxmas? No, that's the next show, Michelle. But people might not be listening to us till after Christmas, maybe. So Merry Minxmas. No, Merry Minxmas. No. Bad luck. Nah. Mini kisses and that's it. Oh, go on then. Mini kisses. Mwah. Mwah. Gosh, wasn't that fun? Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me Been an awful good girl, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney
tonight. 